Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 218. We're going to talk about multi-sports athletes and coaches helping them with the transition from sport to sport. Before we get into that, though, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. And please take advantage of that EFP20 discount. It's a great way for you to save that additional 20% and uh, also help support the podcast at the same time. If you want to support the podcast, please become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. If you're in a position where you can afford to, if you see value in what we're doing, we would love for you to come on board as a patron. We're talking $5, 10 or $20 a month. We really do appreciate the patrons that we have, the people that have been supporting us for a long time. Uh, they have kept the podcast alive. Uh, but we'd love to see more people coming on board and helping out if if you can. So again, patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. So Don, I think it's pretty clear for longtime listeners that you and I both have always advocated that multi-sport athletes and doing more than one sport is a good thing. Right. And the reason I've always thought that that was a good thing is I think that different sports offer different opportunities for kids to learn different kinds of skills. And even though they might be the just to be athletic, right? And they might be the very best softball player on their softball team. That there's something for them to learn from being on another sport, where maybe they're not the star, or maybe they need to you know have a different role, you know, maybe you know, some more team dynamics and stuff like that. But one of the things that I think we have to be aware of, though, from a coaching perspective, and honestly from a parent's perspective too, is the players that are multi-sport kids now really are not going from one season to another season to another season, what we've got much more of now is they're overlapping. So softball is still going on while they're playing basketball, or softball is still going on while they're playing flag football. They're starting to crank back up for softball again while they're finishing up basketball season or finishing up track or whatever it might be in the spring. And so the idea for our players and our coaches is to start to figure out how we're going to help that transition happen and kind of keeping um, perspective on what to expect and how much we should expect, how much we should expect those players to be doing as we're seeing them you know, transition from one to the other, as we're seeing the overlap from one sport to another kind of impact their time, their, their focus, maybe their conditioning, maybe a whole lot of other things that could be part of the puzzle. Very cool. No, Tori, as you're describing all that too, I'm thinking of... Uh how great it is when kids do get a chance to do that because it seems like it's less and less all the time. Everybody's having to specialize in one sport. If they want to be the best of the best, they're going to, you know, have to stay active in, in the sport that is their primary one. But when a student is coming to you as a softball coach that is leaving a a basketball season or, or leaving a volleyball season or leaving another season, they're going to have a, a different approach or a different level of throwing and a different type of conditioning and right. a they, they might not be on the same spot or the same place as, the as somebody of, else as so. the rest of the group so if we can be mindful of that and and not push their arms like we might really 
intend or want to because they haven't been throwing. They've been right. shooting baskets, and and half of our kids have been throwing and preparing for our mega practices on the weekend, and the rest of them have not had the time or the opportunity to do that. So uh, to protect their arms, I need to know and I need to be smart and wise in my choices and approach for a practice yep. in the beginning. And you know, I think it it is exciting to be a multi sport player, but but from a coaching standpoint. Let's keep that in yeah, mind. We, yeah. we, ha- we have to be mindful. And because and, one of the things, you know, the, the sport that has really taken off here in Georgia is flag football. Right. And, you know, we've talked about this in the past because the challenge right now, I think softball players seem to really be drawn to the game. And we have a lot of great softball athletes that are good at flag football right away. It's, a, it's like a relatively new sport, like four or five years now they've been playing. But the challenge now for us from a coach's perspective is helping players make that transition as as smoothly and as safely as possible. You know, we've we've spent a lot of time talking about working on the athleticism for our softball players, and I think that the one thing we're seeing with this jump now for flag football is that flag football is a sport that is requiring kids to do a lot of different things physically than what we've ever expected them to be able to do in a softball game. You know, the um, you know, the better transition probably would be soccer players because soccer players are used to running full speed and changing sure. direction and cutting and jumping and all that kind of but stuff. But they can't use their hands. Right. But so right. now we've got, you know, all the cutting and jumping and all that stuff in flag football that some of our softball players aren't so used to. So I think, you know, maybe, you know, coming up with a plan of attack in our practices and in our training to incorporate as much of the kind of cross training kinds of things as we can. Um, you know, I think that's a, a, a great idea. And then also, you know, just, you know, as you said, making sure that we're you know paying attention to, you know, the different players involved in different things are going to have different uh, challenges for them. And that, uh, you know, as, as we're wrapping up our fall season and we know we've got several kids that are going to be playing basketball, you know, to, to try to help them with that transition as much as we can. So instead of um, something that we're doing at the, at the, those mega practices on a Saturday, putting them in a position where they might really be struggling with basketball practice come Monday. You know, just like we would hope that the volleyball coach or the, the, the lacrosse coach or whatever, you know, when we start to transition back into the, you know, the spring softball season, that they'd kind of be a little bit aware of the fact that, you know, maybe Sally shouldn't be throwing 500 full court passes in basketball practice today because she's also playing softball on the weekends kind of thing. Do you think that they're going to, Help each other out that way. I sure hope so for the kids' sake, right? Well, I, I think you know if we can start helping our softball coaches think that way, maybe some of it will Get start to recip- spread, reciprocate. Yeah, you know, because yeah. you know, one of the things, and this is I you get know, frustrated with. Well, it, this, so. this is George's curse. This is our 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 problem right now. And and you know, for those of you that live in other parts of the country, I apologize, but when they started high school softball in the fall here in Georgia, they created the absolute perfect situation for creating great softball players. Yep. They also created the perfect situation for creating injured softball players. And burn them out. Yep. And and so the combination is because of the fall season, Georgia softball got really good really fast because the kids get to play a lot. I mean, a lot. You know, I think our Georgia kids play more competitively. Than any, yeah, more than any place else in the country. I think even more than California. Why was California so good and so far ahead of everybody for so long? Because the kids had, had the great weather and they could play all the time. Yeah. Well, when Georgia went with the fall high school season, what they created was the opportunity for kids to go right off of their travel ball season, right into school ball season, take a very short break, and then start travel ball all over again in February. 
So basically, 10 and a half, 11 months out of the year, the, the kids are playing softball. Well, of course, if you play that much softball, you're going to get good. You know, a girl that I recruited a few years ago played on a travel ball team that was the most gung-ho team I've ever seen. You know a lot of Phil's girls, too. That mm-hmm. One year, they played 150 softball games which is major league baseball level commitment. And, and you know, then you add in the warmups and the practices and the camps and the all lessons the and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, how many of those kids ended up with shoulder surgeries and hip surgeries and back surgeries and stuff like that? Cause they played so much. It's probably kind of a shocking realization, but that's one of the things that we're seeing now. So the problem we have here is that we're not getting as much coordination and and support from season to season as we should, or we wish we did. And so thus we have softball players that are getting burned out and getting injured. So what we're going to start to advocate in our softball coaches and parents and players being aware of it is you have to get involved in this discussion. You have to be willing to mention to your high school coach and your travel ball coach both that, well, I know we're going to have a six hour practice on Saturday, but you know, I've had five days in a row of three-hour high school practices. Right. And making sure that both of them are aware of the fact that, well, that means I'm going to have 22, 23, 24 hours of softball practice this week. I might have a day off, but on that day off, I'm probably going to take a lesson or something. So, you know, the whole reason that we want to start to have this discussion is so that we can be more aware of what the players are doing with all their different sports, all the different combinations of sports, and making sure that we're managing it and, and opening the door for these conversations and, and for this awareness so that less players burn out, less players are injured, less players are struggling to keep doing something that they really enjoy doing because the adults in the room aren't paying attention to all the different things that are going on in the kids' lives as they go from one sport to another, or especially as they start to stack the sports up on top of each other. So if we do a really good job as a coach, we can help manage that different atmosphere for the kids that are overlapping compared to the kids that softball is their only sport. Right. And when we go to practice and they're not having to do all the same things, if we can sell it and, and share and explain why we're doing what we're doing right. to the kids, then, and it makes sense they're they'd probably be fine with it as well. Right. right. Well, and cause the coach's trap is thinking, well, everybody should do the same stuff, you know, or I, somebody's going to feel, yeah. If, if, if I don't make Don run the 10 mile warm up run then everybody's going to think Don's my favorite, I'm babying Don. Well, if Don's got a hip injury or a knee injury or a back injury and he shouldn't run 10 miles, well then Don shouldn't run 10 miles. Doesn't mean that I'm, I'm babying him. You know, Don can do some crunches or do some push ups or, you know, do something else you know, to get a little bit of a workout in while everybody else is doing the warm up run, you know, and those kinds of things, being confident enough and aware enough to to manage that stuff, I think is the the first step. Now, can we control what another coach is going to do with their sport or with their team? No, but if we start to empower our players to think about what's in their best interest a little bit more, and we start to think about helping support what's in their best interest and helping them with these transitions, helping them when they're overlapping sports, helping them be you know, comfortable and confident that they can do multiple sports or multiple teams and we're all going to figure out a way to make it work instead of a, you're my player and you're going to do what I want you to do. Well, and that happens all the time. But that's what we got to change. So, and also too, Tori, I'm thinking that a lot of times, like for me with my oldest child, whatever she's going through, it's my first time through. Right. And I'm going to look to the people that are around me, to the coaches that potentially have done this, you know, before to advise me well and to give me ideas and give me, you know, a a good path to follow. 
And otherwise, we're just going to push and go and be gung-ho and excited. Right. And maybe potentially do more than I should do. Right. Well, and, so we and, need some good advice along the way. And because the weakest link is always going to be the kids. The kids want to play. And sure. the kids never want to be singled out. So, they, you, know, you know, even though you just, you know, came off of track practice where you were doing interval training and, and your back is killing you and your knees are aching and you got shin splints so bad that, you know, the thought of From even the, putting on your shoes on makes court. you want to cry. Yep, yep. For me to say, okay, Don, you're going to do uh, jump boxes and plyometrics with the rest of the team today is pretty dumb. Because everybody has to do it. Because everybody does the same thing. Well, maybe we should start thinking differently. And that's what we wanted to open that discussion up today uh, so we can start thinking along those lines. Hopefully we can start making some momentum and, and helping kids make these transitions and do these different things a little bit more comfortably with a little bit more success and a little bit less fear of being ostracized or made to feel guilty because they had to actually remind me as a coach that, you know, I already ran 27 miles this week. Maybe I could, you know, do something different in practice today. Right. (laughs) All right. So that's going to wrap up number 218. Please make sure you support our sponsor, the Anderson Bat Company. Become a patron if you can. Go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Make sure you go to the fastpitchprep.com website. Order your Square Cuts training discs there. You also have access to the YouTube channel. And the uh, blog post, there's tons and tons of information at fastpitchprep.com. Make sure you reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com with questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas. We always love to talk about stuff that you're interested in. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.